Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love with baby sleep sleep consultant, having problems with that word this morning, (laughs) Hannah Wallace. Hello, Hannah. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. It goes to show what happens on a Monday morning. (laughs) (laughs) We should be doing this on a Friday, really. (laughs) I have had my coffee. Um, But anyway, um, if you've joined us, you can ask Hannah your questions uh, live. We're on Facebook Live, so you can pop your questions below this video if you're watching us live. If you're listening to the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Hannah, shall we just launch into the question? Let's go for it. Go. Okay. This question comes from Evert on Facebook who says, my son is two and a half years old and we have recently stopped giving him a milk bottle to take with him to sleep. And he hasn't taken too well at all, taken to it well at all. Since then, he won't have a daytime sleep unless he's in the car. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm replacing the bottle with the car and I don't want to do that. Is this the end of our daytime naps or is there something I can try to get him settling again without the bottle? Um, So I would say two and a half, it's not out of the question that they're ready to drop their day nap. It's like anywhere from sort of two to three and a half, which is a huge range, Um, two being super early and three and a half being quite late. So it's not out of the question, but I'd try, I'd try and stretch that out for at least another six months. If you can even get another month or so of day naps and oh my gosh, go for it. So um, pick something that's not the car. So whatever consistent sort of resettling and settling process you're comfortable with pick it so say I'm going to do um, some control crying I'm going to do some padding and shushing or I'm just going to be present and sit with him whatever whatever it is that you would normally do to help him go to sleep or to get him to go to sleep just pick it stick it out for like a good week or so if he's still not napping at that point um, I would be inclined to say maybe try drop it and that, that will probably help if you're having problems at bedtime and overnight as well to be honest. Mm. I, I was just when you were saying that I was remembering with my daughter I there was a point with the day naps where I kind of just capitulated and ended up sleeping with her and I kind of wish I could still do that. (laughs) I know, I know. I try and trick mine. I'm like, mummy, you'll come and maybe have a little lay down with you today. And they're like, no. (laughs) Why? Please, for me. (laughs) But, oh, you just want to hold on to it. Yeah. Yeah. How nice. And two and a half does feel, I know that's that's where mine, well, especially my daughter gave up the two and a half sleep, a year old sleep when her her brother came along. Yeah. It's just too hard to fight it at that point. So this is the thing, a lot of toddlers when they're sort of about ready to give it up that's usually like on average stereotyping either when people are having their second third fourth babies and I just find that unfortunately that's that age gap where the toddler's also dropping a nap and it's just like oh my god it's worth timing it's not fair but unfortunately anywhere from two to three and a half yeah <laughs> Thanks, son. Uh, This next one comes from Anita on email. She says, my 10-month-old boy is waking every 40 to 60 minutes after going to bed for the night and crying or standing up. He's currently fed to sleep. He used to settle in his cot but stopped doing this about a month ago. He needs to be cuddled or fed back to sleep by me. We'll scream if his dad tries and then we'll do it all over again within the hour. Eventually, I give up and go to bed early, safely co-sleeping with him. He gets about two to three hours of sleep in the day over two naps and has four to four and a half hours of awake time before bed. He has never slept through, used to wake around midnight, midnight, then again around four for feeds. I'm going back to work night shifts when he turns one and don't know how he will go without Mm. me there. 
any advice would be appreciated. Yeah. So the day routine actually sounds pretty good. My first thought with that 40 minute wake up into the evening is overtiredness. Um, so that's what came to mind there. That's what it's, it's babies trying to get into a deep sleep in the evening. And people will often say, bang on 40, 45 minutes, we're awake again. Um, but having heard the rest of the question, the daytime's pretty bang on. So two to three hours and that awake time in the afternoon is about four and a uh, to four and a half hours which is perfect so keep doing that um, which kind of leads me to believe that it's a bit of a habit wake so if babies are falling asleep in any one way so it's what we call a sleep association so this little guy's habit a sleep association is boob to sleep so what's happened what happens when we kind of trick babies into going to sleep there's nothing wrong with it but we essentially are tricking them so he's falling asleep he's got boob in his mouth he's up against mum yada 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 and then we transfer them and sneak out and they've gone into a little light sleep phase which is really normal all babies go in and out of it especially in that first block of the night and rather than just turning over and going to sleep he's just startled going hang on I just had that boob in my mouth where's where is she and then the cycle starts so the the thing to do with this little guy would be to help encourage the self-settling at the start of the nap so at the start of bedtime so Babies that are fed to sleep, um, I wouldn't jump straight to like a cry-based method or, you know, putting him down and just leaving him. I'd do something pretty hands-on. So try something like um, I'm just going to sit and pat and shush or cuddle to sleep initially without boob and then just kind of back away bit by bit. But it definitely sounds like a bit of a habit because of that sleep association. And don't worry too much. Like people often say I'm going back to work and there's often this like planning and, you know, already feeling quite stressed about what will happen with sleep situations when mum can't be there but you know what 99% of the time they're fine like they'll actually he'll actually probably go to sleep really well for dad which is really frustrating but it's always us as mums that worry about it they will survive babies are born to survive he'll sleep when he needs to sleep um and they'll probably really enjoy themselves (laughs) (laughs) so go and enjoy your night shift (laughs) can I ask with that given that he's got such a strong association with the boob and it sounds like it's a beautiful way for him to fall asleep how long should um Anita allow you know in her head for that change to take place like how long until if she's doing that gentle kind of cuddling and then putting down without the boob um do you have any sense of how long she should keep trying it so how long's a piece of string they're all so different some babies literally will get it in a couple of days um others take a couple of weeks it's a temperament thing it's how consistent mum is so is she going to be really firm um or is she going to cuddle for half an hour and then think that's enough and pop him on the boob anyway. Like it's, it's, it's just depends how quickly you want to move with moving through the steps of progressing away um, consistency and baby's personality. Some mm. of them are awesome. And they were just like, yep, done, bang, couple of days. Others, um, you know, it takes a good couple of weeks to fall into place. So give yourself a good window if you are thinking that's something you want to get sorted before you go back to work. I'd probably get started. <laughs> Start now. Yeah. This question comes from Steph on Facebook. She says, my four-month-old is waking five times overnight. Help! She's breastfed and I tend to resettle if she had a feed under three hours ago. How do I reduce night wakings? Her daily routine is a wake up for the day at 6.30. First nap is generally two hours after waking. Next nap around 11.30. And last nap is two hours after waking from the midday nap. I generally follow feed, play, sleep routine during the day. She uses a dummy as well, which is usually how I resettle her overnight, which works 70% of the time, but she will just wake up again around an hour or so later. 
Yeah. So I would say with this bub, it's a bit of a habit weight because day sounds really good. Um, bedtime sounds really good. It sounds like you're um, offering enough feeds throughout the day that I don't think this baby's hungry. Um, so sleep associations for habits. And the big thing that jumped out there was dummy, unfortunately. This baby falls into this little gray area where they're not, um, I love dummies for newborns um, and for babies sort of under three months. Um, they're a great settling tool. You can cheat, you can survive, you can get some rest yourself. They're great. And then for older babies, I don't take dummies away. I just leave them because it's super traumatic. Um, but <laughs> she falls into right into the gray area where it's only fair that she wants and needs it, but she's not, big enough to be able to learn to find and replace it herself so they, when they fall in this little gap we have to ditch it unfortunately um, and that'll help in a link cycles because what's happening is she's um, falling asleep sucking it and it's not um, unsimilar to the bubble we were talking about before with the boob to sleep association this little one's falling asleep sucking a dummy it's falling out at some point bub goes into a light sleep phase realizes it's not there freaks out you know, and then the game's on. And it's um, when they're little and a bit younger, we can get away with just creeping in and popping it back back in and they'll fall back asleep because they're still quite tired. But as they get older, it's not as simple as tricking them with a quick dummy replacement because even though they've only been awake for a couple of minutes, that's enough for them to be like, oh, oh, I'm awake. And then we're on this roller coaster of wake, sleep, wake, sleep, wake, sleep. So ditch the dummy. And the best way to do it is cold turkey which is scary. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really scary, but it is the quickest way. It's, um, it's sort of zero mixed messages. You're not going backwards and forwards. And I always say to mums and dads, chuck them out, like actually go around the house and find your dummies and throw them out because I guarantee you at two o'clock in the morning, you'll be looking for one and cursing me and yeah, just <laughs> wanting a dummy. <laughs> Good luck, Steph. I think you might need Yeah, that it. sounds fun. Yeah, <laughs> Poor thing. That was a horrible that. answer. Sorry. <laughs> well, at least we know you're honest. You're not it just telling us what we want to hear. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so good luck, Steph. Shorten. It's like a Band-Aid, right? Rip it off. Rip It'll it be off. okay. Yeah, rip it off. This next question comes from Sonia on our helpline group. She says, my two years, two months daughter has developed what seems like a fear of her bed and is waking during the night and not going back to sleep for several hours. We've tried for the first time since she was eight months, putting her in our bed, which she wants and we don't. <laughs> putting her crib in our room, we even rearranged her room and put her bed back in. Mm -hmm. We've introduced a nightlight, a fan on and sitting with her, although she cries again at any creak in the floorboards. It's been three weeks now. Not sure what to do outside now outside of starting cried out sleep training, which may reinforce her fear of her bed. Mm -hmm any mm. advice how old was this little one sorry two years and two months two yep so very clever little things these two-year-olds um I have no doubt that it probably genuinely was a bit of a fear or a bit of an overwhelm going into the bed um but then when you start playing around with things like it sounds like you've you know tried everything it's really common um we do some co-sleeping we sit with them we talk about cried out and they they have kind of sensed this anxiety around this thing. They know that they can get around this now and who doesn't want to sleep in their bed with their mum and the dad in the warm, cosy bed, you know? So I'd say she's sort of not playing on that. They're not manipulative, but she's certainly aware of where each night's probably headed. So, um, and they have the stamina to keep going. She, she'll cry <laughs> and demand for over an hour. It's not like a little baby that's going to eventually just drop off. It's she'll, yeah, she'll let you know what she wants and she'll probably keep going until she gets it. So I would... Um, 
I would definitely, given the fact that it started as a bit of a fear, I'd stay with her initially. Um, whether that be you just pull up a little mattress in her room, a little camp bed, stay there for a few nights, make it a fun sleepover. You can set the room up together, um, you know, take like chuck all the teddies in together and sort of help her feel comfortable in there with you. And then over the course of a few days, I'd just back out. So um, start up right next to her and then you'd go halfway to the door and then all of a sudden you're in the hallway and just just gradual because I do think when it starts as a fear, you just got to kind of tread lightly. You can't cry it out. It's probably not the best option for this little girl. She'll just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now we have a follow-up question from Steph who says, can I still use the dummy in the car though as she hates the car? Poor Steph. <laughs> um, I would say... Oh, look, we've all done it. We do it with cars. Um, I, from a sleep perspective, I'd say no because she's going to have the dummy in the car, which is great if she doesn't fall asleep. Um, but then if you get home and go to do this nap and then you've yanked the dummy away from her and she's had this lovely morning cruising around in the car with the dummy, it's just going to really confuse her. Um, it'll frustrate her. It's And I actually, that's a pretty fair frustration really. Like, <laughs> she, like she doesn't know that we're okay with it here but not really okay with it here and that'll become more as a problem as she gets older as well and they, they tend to really know what they want um I would just ditch it all together zero mixed they messages do, they do um grow out of that um car right because they do she's still little yeah 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 they really do and it'll be a thing of the past you'll just get in the car one day and be like oh she hasn't cried that whole way it's been five minutes wow but it it, it really will pass and it's just I, I there's a lot of research around cars and I think you can see chiros and things and it might be positional thing but some babies just really don't like it I don't know why it's yeah because yeah, you can't see anything things. I know it's a terrible comparison to make, but if you think about um, if you have a new dog, so we took our puppy in the car and he couldn't, he just didn't get, couldn't see, mm. didn't know he was moving. So what you've got is a small baby with that feeling of motion. It's a bit weird. They're, yeah. they're facing like it's what essentially just a dark little area. It's like black leather. It's, they yeah. don't really spend that much time in there. So it's all unfamiliar. And then you're moving backwards. I can see, I can see the logic there with these little guys. Yeah. <laughs> but then some of them love it. Yeah, so, so I, I don't know. Another question. She's like, yeah. damn it, taking all away, everything away from me. <laughs> I know. Steph, sorry, Steph. You can still drink coffee, okay? You can Steph needs wine too. And Steph wine. needs wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she does. Like she deserves you, it. Feel like we need to send her some. Yeah. Um, this question comes from Louise on Facebook. She says, "Hi, ladies. Our 13-month-old daughter usually wakes at 11 p.m. or midnight. She goes to bed around 6:30 after three and a half to four hours of wake time." How do you manage naps for a 13-month-old after a night with long waking of two or more hours? We haven't had several of these. We've had several of these nights lately and have tried fiddling with nap timing, but it doesn't seem to help. We are slowly transforming, transforming, transferring from two naps to one nap to see mm -hmm. if it helps. Yeah. So go for the, go straight for the one nap. Sometimes getting stuck in this limbo of um, bad night compensate with a couple of not great naps bad night compensate it's like chicken or the egg what comes first at some point you just go okay we've had a bad night but today we are doing one nap so she's the, the right age to do it um I would just yeah again rip off the band-aid I'm very very into the band-aid today <laughs> um, <laughs> just go okay I'm gonna do um you know 11 o'clock nap for three days and I'm just gonna let her 
sleep for a couple hours. And then um, after a few days, I'm going to do 11.30. And then slowly push back until you're like 12, 12, 15. And then your nap should line up to go till about 2.30. Um, and then you do about a 6.30 bedtime and that should get on top of that, that night wake. But that random period of waking in the night and being awake for ages is really typical sometime after their first birthday, which, which this bub is, um, and it's them indicating that they've got broken sleep in the day. They just need that one nap consolidated. Mm. It's the hardest, um, it's a really hard nap transition and people get really stuck. Um, very common for people to say I'm stuck somewhere between two and one naps. And when I do one nap, it's mid-morning so baby's waking at lunchtime and then they're awake all afternoon it becomes a problem night wakes increase so you just got to bunker down for a few days and just establish the one now yeah this question comes from shari on facebook she says i've got an eight-week-old bub first time mum. when should i be looking to introduce a routine at the moment we're all in bed by eight yes that sounds about right That's awesome yeah. <laughs> he'll generally have a feed after his bath and he'll fall asleep um, around 9.30, then we're up again around midnight, 1am, again at 3 to 4am, and then another feed around 6.30, and then he feeds generally every two to three hours. I breastfeed in the nights and formula in the day. I struggled to produce enough breast milk and have had to top up feed since birth. Thanks, Yeah. So assuming this baby's weight's fine, um, which it sounds like this mum's got a bit of bit of help with top-ups and things, which is good, um, I would say just go with it. Feed on demand. I, I would never stuff around with, with the bub's routine at this age. They're so little. There's so much going on here that we can't even grasp. If they need some awake time, they need it. If they need a feed, they need it. Um, obviously, you're not doing any sleep training or anything. So it is quite hard to nudge babies this age into a like set routine. You'll almost always set your yourself up for failure um if you buy a book that says that they need to go down at this time this time this time and sleep for this many minutes and this many minutes you will go insane it's impossible even I wouldn't be able to do it <laughs> um so just enjoy just honestly go with awake windows of sort of like an hour to an hour and 15 um feed on demand get some rest when you can and start thinking about routines and schedules closer to like four months I think just don't burst your newborn bubble. There's nothing that can't be undone either. If you've had a, like a messy newborn period and you're just going with the flow, it doesn't mean that you're going to have a toddler that doesn't sleep or, a, you know, a teenager that still has to sleep with you. Like it's, you will be able to fix whatever is bothering you, but just, just relax it, I think. Yeah. And um, yeah, about four months. Yeah. Brilliant. Realistic. This next question comes from Kaylee. She says, my daughter is uh, 15 months and we're in the process of transitioning to one nap because her second nap was getting shorter and shorter and her sleep at night has started to become interrupted. The day sleep is anywhere from one and a half to two and a half hours long and usually starts around 11.45 a.m. On the days when the nap is shorter, we put her to bed a bit earlier at around 6.30 p.m. Bedtime is normally seven. This all seems to be working fine, except she's now waking at 5 a.m. instead mm -hmm. of her usual 6 a.m. And sometimes mm -hmm. even as early as 4.30 a.m. She doesn't go back to sleep at this time and almost immediately demands to be brought out of the cot. This would be fine if she'd rest with us in bed for a bit longer, but no, she's yeah. ready to get up and play. It's yeah. still dark at this time and I'd love some tips on getting her to resettle for a bit longer. Is it a matter of persisting until she gets used to the change or should we go back to two sleeps? No, you should not go back to two sleeps. Don't go back to two sleeps. Um, this is a really good example of that scenario I was just talking about a couple of questions back about getting stuck in this two to one 
mid-morning nap for about an hour and a half. So what we'll do like with this one, I would say is push that nap to 12.30 minimum. So 11.45, if this pub's waking at an hour and a half, that's 1.15, bedtime seven o'clock, that's, that's a big window. And I think that this little one's quite overtired, which is where your early morning wakes come into things. So um, go for a 12.30 and then you might be have a better chance as well of getting your proper two hours so 12 30 to 2 30 would be perfect with a 6 30 bedtime um you won't see an instant improvement in the mornings it'll take a week or two for her body clock to do the work in the day and bedtime will settle and then you'll see that their um, mornings will slowly catch up as well emmy says hi i'm hoping you can help i have a 10 month old who is resisting day sleeps this is a, a strong theme on today's show <laughs> He wakes up at 5.30 a.m. and has done this since he was born, even though I've tried everything I can to get him into a routine where he wakes later. I've tried putting him down for the night everywhere between 6 to 9 p.m. and he still wakes up at 5.30 a.m. When I put him down for his morning sleep, he won't sleep for more than one sleep cycle of 45 minutes, then he's up again. He struggles to go to sleep in the afternoon, but then he will sleep for about an hour, but he's grisly and tired for the rest of the afternoon. I can't really give him more structure as I also have to run around after his four-year-old sister. Please help. So this little one sounds like a routine issue and wanting to sleep one sleep cycle or less in the morning is actually totally fine. I really like a little short nap in the morning with that emphasis on the nice long lunch nap. Um, so for this little one, I'd say let's do 30 minutes. So capping it at 30 minutes, but somewhere between nine and 10, depending on what you've got going on with um, the older siblings. So let's say you got in the car and did a 9.15 sleep, you'd wake up at 9.45 and then back down at say 12.30. So you've got about two and a half hours um, awake time. And then that'll get you sort of closer to 2.30 because what we start to see when babies are having even 45 minutes in the morning or we're resettling them and trying to get longer, if you do achieve that, the second nap, which and this is a good example, is gets really crappy and broken and short. Babies go into the night overtired because of this, and then we have the early wakings and the messy nights. So this is where your emphasis on a long lunchtime nap comes into play so that your awake window in the evening's nice and short. Mm. Now we've got a question from Cassandra. Hi, I'm wondering when it would be a good time to transition my toddler from a cot to a bed. My little one is 19 months old. He sleeps in a sleeping bag, so he can't sleep out of his, climb out of his cot, but he's getting very active when he wakes, bouncing around in the cot. I'm starting to worry he will topple over the railings as he is very tall for his age. He happily sleeps on the floor at daycare for day naps. Hubby and I are just wanting to know how to make the transition to the big bed. Do we ditch the cot all of a sudden and replace it with a bed? We'd love to know if you have any tips for the big move. Yep. So don't make the move until you have to make the move. So <laughs> I've had it. My son was almost three and a half when I, um, when he, until he realized he would climb out of his cot and it was bliss. He was an awesome sleeper. And I just thought, I'm not going to, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, you just have to, like, this is where a video monitor would come into things because you are going to have to obviously watch what's happening with him. We don't want him to hurt himself. So keep an eye on him. He'll only do it once. He'll fall over the side and then you, then in that case, in a sleeping bag, you do have to take the side off the cot or transfer to a big bed. Um, but until he's doing that, I would just stay as is. When he's doing that or when he sort of is three, three and a half and you've decided you wanted to go for the big bed, um, just simply take the side off and put a railing on so he's got that sort of um, 
sort of snug feeling still and he's familiar with his cot but he's also not going to topple over um and then you basically treat the room as a big cot so that's where baby gates come into play um you know baby proof the room so you know it doesn't have to be barren in the room but you sort of want it so that there's not a heap of exciting toys around and stuff it's still his sleep space and you would just resettle and settle as you would if he was in his cot but as I said we're literally treating it like a giant cot but mm-hmm. until you need to do that don't do it because you'll lose yeah. a little bit of sleep either side of the night it's it's natural it's a bit and exciting. I would also uh say that I don't think a sleeping bag is necessarily a prevention for getting over the side of a cot no. not not by my daughter's standards no they'll use their upper body these kids there yeah. yeah yeah I think I've mentioned it in another helpline there is a market for a cot that has like a really high side and like toddlers just can't get up and over someone's got to do it I know and so there's I, a reason maybe why a, maybe an automatic one but it has to be super quiet because yeah. um, one of the people one of the questions was saying you know as they back out of the room the floorboard would squeak i mean isn't that every parent's experience you think of the cot like you've been like over the cot padding and shushing they're finally asleep and then you go to put the cot um up and you might have a wooden one that just squeaks a little bit and then you're just watching them every five hours it's just a nightmare i know the things that you do you're creaking out and stuff but um that's where your white noise comes into things too my big oh, yeah, that would cover everything, wouldn't it? You need it. Yep. And then if the floorboard goes and breaks your cover, you're fine. <laughs> breaks your cover, so yes. you're fine. It is. Oh, totally like that. <laughs> uh, we probably have time for about one more question. Yeah. This is from Shelley. She says, hello, I'm hoping you can give me some help as I'm at my wits end. My 15-month-old wakes throughout the night but won't go back to sleep until she's in my bed. She goes to sleep in her cot completely fine. <laughs> But she, after she wakes in the night, she almost never goes back to sleep there. I go in when she wakes. She'll be standing up. So I lay her back down, give her her dummy and try to stroke her head until she's settled. And she seems okay with this. But when I leave the room, she screams for an hour. I then give up and bring her into bed with me. When she falls asleep in my bed, I return her to her cot until she wakes up and the whole thing starts over again. Mm. What can mm. I do? fun um persevere so rather than do this every hour or night i'd say stick it out for over the hour and settle her in the cot because again if we bring her in and she falls asleep and then she wakes up back again in her cot she's just going to go oh my gosh what happened i was just lying next to mum and it's scary and it'll startle her and then she's fully awake and then she's cranky um so you'd be better off um you know getting her to settle or resettle in her cot i would rather be up for a few hours over the course of a few nights um then chase my tail hourly for the course of forever (laughs) so just what you're doing is perfect going in laying her down make sure she's got a dummy head back out if that's if that's what your settling method is um and just repeat 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 and if like an hour is not a long time for a 15 month old she'll just they're they've got that stamina they'll they'll go hours so um you know at at some point you'd probably step in give her a cuddle or something but i would just if you're not wanting to bed share just don't bed share Mm. Yeah, because my other my other advice as a parent who never got that right was just get a king bed. I wish I'd invested in a king bed like years ago. It would have been the solution. I know because some people really love co sleeping, and there's Mm. there's a lot of evidence on the like safe co sleeping now, and a lot of families love it. It's their downtime. It's um, Mm. their kids love it. Parents love it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just if it's not for you. 
Yeah, and if it's <laughs> you know? not for you, then unfortunately you've got the hard yards. Yes, and then that's Some where ways. you just have to persevere and just change the habit. Yeah, and there are so many children. I always find it funny that um, friends, if they have kids and they're like, yeah, we put them to bed, we say goodnight, we walk out, and I'm like, what? How is that possible? <laughs> but, of course, so many children do that. It's just yeah, sometimes get in your head, oh, that's not my kid. But if you just change the way you do things. But- What's like, that's, that's, what's the point of comparing, you know, like yeah. if it's not a problem for you, then it's not a problem. Yeah. Definitely. You know, that'd be nice, but you know, you've got to work to get there. And those parents have probably started early and had yeah. to work. Oh no, to look, get can there. I just say my daughter's <laughs> doing it now. She's nine, <clears throat> but. Oh, really. no, you. <laughs> <laughs> it depends what your priorities are. Like my evenings have always been, I have to have my downtime in the evenings. It's just what yes. I have to do. So yes. I've always prioritized bedtime from the get go. Um, there's other parts of the day that would look like a complete nightmare to other parents. But to me, bedtime is my thing. It's always run smoothly. Oh, beautiful. Well, yeah. you would hope so, being a sleep consultant. You would hope so, yeah. It wasn't the case at 2am last night, but, yeah, so we all have these problems, everyone. It's all, I'm normalising sleep issues. Even, even the experts. Yeah, strong coffee oh. this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hannah, thank you so much for answering all Thanks those questions. Thanks for having me again. And if you didn't get your chance to ask Hannah your question, she is an expert on Babyology's parent school. So you can book a one-on-one session with her. She's very nice. She doesn't always meet out the harsh advice like Steph got today. Um, (laughs) And she'll deliver it gently, but it's what you need to hear. Yeah, we're thinking of you, Steph, if you're still with us. Yeah. Throwing the laptop through the window. Yeah, Um, sorry. But if you just need a little bit of tips and you can call and um, book in one of those um, chats with hannah and then you can have a conversation about it and it's very helpful isn't it to yeah, chat it through because everything's quite personalized and as i said every baby is really different so yeah exactly yeah. well thank you once again cool thank we'll you see you again soon and we'll be back next soon. week with more helpline bye bye feed play love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me siobhan hunt I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.